This is the TechEU Podcast, where we discuss some of the most interesting stories from the European tech scene. Subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasting fix these days. On this sponsored podcast episode, TechEU founder Robin Vauter sits down to talk with Martin Hermann, CEO and co-founder of Powerful Medical and winners of this year's scale-up category at the UiPath Automation Awards. Hey, this is Robin Walters from Tech.eu. I'm joined here remotely, of course. It's still remote, unfortunately, uh, by Martin Herman. He's the co-founder and CEO of a company called Powerful Medical, and they just won the scale-up category at the UiPath Automation Awards. So we're going to talk about that and also, of course, the company. Martin, welcome to the show. Hi, Robin. Powerful and medical, that tells me two things. It's very powerful and it's in the medical sphere, but probably you can do a, a lot better in, in explaining in, in, in just a minute uh, what you do. Of course. So we're an AI company. What we do is truly, in fact, developing life-saving technology. And now we're focused on the cardiology space. Cardiology is the, or cardiac conditions are the number one cause of death worldwide. So we decided to start with that. And uh, at the moment, our core product is a clinical assistant that allows any physician with an ECG machine to basically diagnose cardiac conditions like a cardiologist with really years of experience. Okay, we're going to dig a bit deeper into that, but maybe first some basics. Uh, where are you based? Uh, where did the company originate from? So currently we have offices in Alst in Belgium. We have an R&D office in Bratislava, Slovakia, and you know part of the business development team is based in Tel Aviv in Israel. Fantastic. Okay, so reading ECG machines, is that a difficult thing for physicians to do today? In fact, it, it's, it is quite difficult, especially for the non-cardiologist physicians. And it has to be said that the ECG is a very accessible and convenient and readily available diagnostic test. So I think after the stethoscope and the blood pressure monitor, I'd say the ECG is the device that comes third and is really accessible to everyone. And it is really good at helping doctors to understand cardiac conditions or diagnose them. However, cardiologists are trained in it because they have been reading ECGs for the past 10, 15 years. But uh, the other physicians, such as the general practitioners, emergency responders, and so forth, they can usually only diagnose whether you know the ECG is normal or it's or it's abnormal. Not you know too much detail after that. Great. So tell us more uh, what you've built. You you haven't built like a, a substitute for the ECG machine, if I understand correctly. No, we haven't built a substitute for the ECG machine. What we have built is a clinical assistant using which any physician with an ECG machine can diagnose the cardiac conditions like a cardiologist with years of experience. And I'm going to stop here a bit and, and maybe elaborate on that a bit. You know, ECGs are really being done everywhere. So every time an ambulance, you know, picks someone up, nine out of 10 of the times, yeah, they do an ECG. Almost every emergency room visit, they do an ECG. Before every surgery, they do an ECG. You know, if you're over the age of 45 in most countries, once a year, your general practitioner should do an ECG. And you know, at the same time, you know, the problem we're solving is that nine out of 10 of these ECGs are in fact not being looked at by cardiologists. So we're trying to give the doctors, especially in you know, primary care, a reliable tool using which they can interpret and actually understand the, the ECGs. And I think, you know, even though the technology is quite complex, it's, you know, really AI is trained on, on millions of previous patient cases. We've managed to package the whole technology into a very easy user-friendly uh, application for iOS and Android. And, you know, the only thing that the doctor needs to do is have a smartphone with a camera and we can take it from there. So one of the big advantages of, of the tool we've built is really that it's able to 
work with any existing hospital infrastructure. All the machines that are out there are supported. So really, the physician just needs to have a smartphone with a camera and our application. Yeah, which I'm pretty sure all the physicians in the world at this point own a smartphone. I know, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's uh, that's very helpful, I think, for them. Um, you mentioned uh, very briefly that uh, cardiologists don't tend to read like the ECG uh, analysis nine out of ten times. Why is that? Uh, because a lot of the ECGs are not being done in the cardiology setting. As I as I said in the beginning, you know, I maybe I would also point out why we actually started doing this, where the first you know idea came from, and it was like five years ago. My grandfather had some episode, he called an ambulance and the emergency responders did an ECG in the ambulance. And they said, okay, the patient is just tired, he can stay at home. And my brother, a medical student at the time, he came from school, reviewed the ECG because they left it there and he sent it to his cardiology professor. And uh, he basically said, immediately go with your grandfather to the hospital. And and uh, the same day they implanted a pacemaker into him. And this probably saved his life. So this is basically the demo of the ECGs are everywhere around us in, in the clinical setting, but really, you know, we don't have, you know, a cardiologist available to look at all of them. And, you know, as I said, nine out of 10 are not being looked at by a cardiologist. And this is because you go, you enter the healthcare system through the general practitioner. Yeah? You enter through you know, going to an emergency room or you enter the system through, you know, being picked up by the ambulance. And this is basically the first step where they will do the ECG in most cases. And however, they're not cardiologists. Yeah. So if I get this correctly, it's it's pretty easy to get an ECG. The machines are all over the place and it's pretty easy to do. Uh, but interpreting them in, a, in an efficient way is, is really the, the crux of the problem that you're trying to solve, right? Exactly. It's an art form. And I think what makes it quite difficult is the fact that, you know, you can have one or two conditions present in the ECG. And if you, you know, think about the fact that you have about 60 different things that the doctor, a cardiologist can diagnose from the ECG and you have a patient who has three things or three diagnoses at the same time, which further complicates. Yeah, it's really something that, and I can see it with our AI developers. When we started out this, they didn't see anything in the ECG. So now after four years, I would actually say that our AI developers could more reliably interpret the ECG than even a cardiology resident somewhere in the hospital. So this is really practice and you have to look at a lot of them to start seeing the patterns that ultimately lead to the diagnosis. Great. Um, you explained that there is a personal aspect to the reason why you started the company, but do you have a medical background yourself? No, I actually don't. Uh, and, and the story with my grandfather, yeah, that, that is, I think that was uh, like the definitive proof. But the way we got started is that, you know, my history comes in mobile development. I started mobile development when I was 14. You know, I founded my first company when I was 18. I got funding from the US, so spent you know, a, year and, uh, a year and a half traveling between Silicon Valley and, and San Diego. And then started a couple of tech ventures. And in 2017, I, I had, you know, exited, you know, some stakes I held in a couple of tech companies. And I decided to look for some new challenge. And at the time, my brother was a medicine student in Vienna in his third year, already very involved in a lot of clinical research. And since, you know, I had many AI developers around myself, we somehow uh, converged towards, you know, AI in medicine because we believe that the use case is quite interesting. And... Uh, in, in the beginning, we really didn't have like an area of focus, but, you know, this whole idea that we had was from the beginning structured by the physician themselves. So it wasn't like me and my brother, you know, came up with the first idea, let's do that. But we really spent a lot of time in hospitals with cardiologists. And I think it was also a massive help that we're from a doctor family. So I'm quite a, a black sheep in the family. 
going for computer science rather than for medicine. But, you know, eventually I, I still ended up in the field somehow. <laughs> they pulled you back in. Um, so your target audience is essentially uh, medical professionals. Uh, how do you reach them or, or put in a, in a boring way? What's your go-to-market strategy? Well, I think we're the first certified medical device that we can sell over the App Store and the Google Play Store. And, and those two, you know, I mentioned are, are the best distributors worldwide, right? So as I said in the beginning, you know, the precondition to being able to utilize our AIs, you just have to have a smartphone and a camera and you can download it of the App Store and the Play Store. And uh, this gives us a quite competitive edge because we can also utilize, you know, social media and digital marketing to reach the customer. And of course, we supplement all of this by also having sales representations for different markets with boots on the ground, of course, right? So I think the way we get the users in the beginning is they see us somewhere on social media. And nowadays, social media allow you to target, you know, medical users quite precisely. And then if we see that we have a hospital where we have five people already using our, our clinical assistant, we can basically send a sales reps there and onboard the whole hospital under some enterprise enterprise deal. And if we're lucky or if it's a bigger hospital or a hospital chain, we can onboard the whole hospital chain. And this is, I think, where the beauty lies, really that, you know, we can walk into any hospital and they can immediately try it out. They don't need to buy anything up front. It works with whatever they have. And I think in medicine, especially this, you know, compatibility with the existing infrastructure is a massive competitive edge because Usually, you know, any other medical software, you have to, you know, upgrade your hospital infrastructure, buy a new machine, do this and that. And, you know, there are barriers. And with our software, we believe, you know, it's, it's really just as easy as downloading the app. You can train the physicians to use it within really three minutes. You know, they take a picture of an ECG. We're able to digitize it from any machine. We give them the diagnosis and the treatment recommendations in accordance to the clinical practice guidelines. So the whole process takes, you know, 25 seconds from really ECG to diagnosis to treatment recommendation based on the clinical practice guidelines. I think that's a significant selling point because time is always their, their most valuable resource, I think, in, in any setting, uh, in a hospital or a medical environment. Um, you mentioned that you raised you raised some funding for tech ventures in the past. Have you also raised investment for, for this one? Oh, yeah. We have uh, raised investment for this one. At the moment, um, uh, we're also raising a next funding round. We basically covered the company with my brother for the first three years because um, we had some minor exits before. And uh, last year we raised our first funding round. And, and since then we've raised, you know, smaller bridge rounds. And, you know, now by the end of the year, we're also planning a funding round of approximately 4 million. Uh, and this should really get us to a point where uh, we will have the FDA approval. So, you know, we are fully certified as a class 2B medical device in the European Union. And, basically countries that accept the European certification. So that it's the Middle East, Africa, India, and so forth. And next year, quite early, we have a date with the FDA. And, and we believe, yeah, by the by summer next year, we will be certified by the FDA as well. And we will have a truly worldwide product because having both the European and the FDA certification virtually allows you to access any market. Fantastic. Uh, well, I hope the investors listening to this episode are paying attention. We're going to talk about the future of the company because I, I have a feeling that you're just uh, only at the beginning uh, of things. Uh, but maybe before that, you were just uh, crowned the winner, not just the finalist, but the actual winner in the scale-up category at the UiPath Automation Awards uh, last month at the Wolf Summit. Uh, that's quite a significant achievement on its own because I hear the competition was quite intense. Uh, what was it like for you? 
uh, it was a fun event, I have to say. And the competition was was uh, quite tough. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right about that. However, you know, we, we see, you know, events such as this as, as of, of quite a significant value in terms of network. Yeah, network among investors and ultimately also network amongst amongst other startups, right? Because now I think AI in medicine is, is quite cool and, and quite a hot topic also due to the COVID pandemic. And, you know, getting the word out there about what we do is, is definitely interest, interesting and important for, for many different reasons. Uh, and what was it like working with uh, UiPath mentors and the, and the jury members, for example? I think they were amazing. You know, at the end of the day, uh, it's, it's hard not to be biased, right, since we won. But uh, I have to admit that, that you know, someone from the team signed us up for the event or, and like I wasn't kept in the loop. And then one day before I was, a, I was supposed to pitch, they, they told me, Martin, tomorrow you have to do this. I was like, okay, you know, let's do it. And this is how it ended up. So everyone is quite happy. And uh, we're also, I think, pretty excited about like the, the prizes that we received because we have, you know, in the package, some consulting with, with quite uh, interesting people. So let's see how we'll be able to utilize it over the next year. Yeah, looking forward to, to hearing how that uh, collaboration with UiPath went uh, also in the future. Um, all right, speaking of the future, I'm, I'm sure this is not uh, the only thing you're building or have in mind. I think this is just the beginning for you. Uh, so can you lift the veil a little bit about what you're planning uh, for the near and uh, distant future? I think the ultimate vision is to really create AIs that are able to process any sensor data in the hospital. And sensor data, I mean, you know, CTs, MRIs, EKGs, you know, blood tests and so forth. Because I think at the moment, a big debate is, of course, digitizing healthcare, right? So the idea is that you want to be able to come to any doctor, put in your insurance card, and he will be able to see your full patient history in order to make the most educated clinical decision. However, this is something that still doesn't work, right? And it probably won't work in, in Europe and, and not even in the US properly for the next 10 years. And what we're trying to build at Powerful Medical is really, if in 10 years, the doctor will have access to all of the, the, the medical history, we want to have AIs that help them make sense of them in no time. So how we see the future is that you come to the hospital. Yeah? So you walk in through the door, some nurse takes your anamnesis, it gets saved into your cart. Then you go to do an EKG, an MRI, a blood test, whatever. And at the end of the day, you sit down at the doctor's office and now he would review the data and we're really talking gigabytes of data, which, you know, considering the doctor only has 15 minutes with the patient is, is quite a, a big problem, I think, for the doctor. And by, you know, in 10 years time, when this is feasible, we want to have the AIs that are able to process the data. And instead of having the doctor go through that, we will show him a dashboard showing, okay, this is wrong with the patients. Uh, this is what the, the guidelines say. This is the, you know, outcome prediction, treatment effectivity prediction, mortality prediction, Virtually everything that we can we can display to him, and you know that way the doctor instead of spending the 15 minutes analyzing sensor data where you know AIs are inherently better at, at that task, he gets to spend the 15 minutes actually talking to the patient and observing the data that is not being able like we're not being able to capture using using sensors. Right? How did the patient feel yesterday? Did he have a headache in the morning? How you know did he sleep over the past two weeks? Those are things that the doctor is not able to measure using any device. Yeah, This is the, the component, the human component he needs to put in. We want to deal with the sensor data. And in line with that, you know, as I said, you know, we have this app, the doctor takes an image of an ECG, we're able to digitize it from any device, give him a diagnosis, treatment recommendation. In a sense, we consider this an MVP. This is basically the first step that will allow us to do much more 
you know, complicated and even cool, in my opinion, things. So what we're currently working on, for example, there is a quite a big issue with heart attacks. Heart attacks are, you know, the number one cause of death worldwide. And, and uh, this is due to the fact that from the EKG, the heart attacks are not definitively interpretable. So in hospitals, for example, we have about a 25% uh, false positive rate on uh, heart attacks. You know, in some countries, it's up to 50% where they think you have a heart attack, you get to the cath lab, and then in the cath lab, based on an angiogram or the actual catheterization, so when they look inside your heart, you know, using a catheter, they figure out you don't actually have a heart attack. And of course, this goes both ways, yeah? So sometimes patients have heart attacks and they get missed and they don't even get to the cath lab. And for these patients and, and, and for this use case, for example, the data that we currently have from all of our clinical partners, and we have partners in Belgium, Israel, and so forth, uh, we were able to develop algorithms that from the ECG can not only predict, okay, this is a heart attack patient and this is not a heart attack patient, but they can also predict the, cul the culprit artery and the percentage of the occlusion of the artery. This is basically allowing the doctor or the interventional cardiologist to have a much more educated decision or make a much more educated decision on what he, what he needs to do next. And you know, another example of this future we're, bu we're building is, is our algorithm that is able to predict mortality for heart failure patients. So currently we're able to predict uh, the mortality risk for heart failure patients on a basis of three months, six months, uh, nine months, and 12 months. The, the precision we're reaching there is, is quite uh, impressive. You know, we're very confident and we're also able to to predict the, the treatment effectivity for the heart failure patients and and what you know the different treatment options that you have as a physician for heart failure patients, how they play with the risk of mortality, right? So if you're able, we're able to say this patient with these parameters has a 75% chance of dying within the next three months. And if the doctor basically goes treatment path A, which is some beta blockers or something, the mortality risk decreases by this much. And of course, this is all, you know, AIs that these are all AIs that we have to prospectively validate. And now going back to the application we currently have already, you know, on, on the market with about 5,000 physicians just in the first month of launching it, using it already, we can utilize this application that we already have and already provides a significant, you know, value from non, for non-cardiologists. We can util utilize it to validate prospectively all of these more complex algorithms yeah so the acute coronary syndrome algorithm yeah the heart failure mortality prediction treatment effectivity algorithms we can use the current application to validate those things i believe that prospective validations in the past have always taken you know years and years of time with a tool like this and with the amount of doctors that we can involve in the prospective validation we're able to cut this time down dramatically so by me saying that, you know, in 10 years time, when we will have the fully digital patient histories, you know, available to the physician, it is really realistic that we will be able to, by then, have the algorithms that make sense of them. And uh, of course, it's one step at a time. And of course, at the moment, we are a mobile application, but ultimately, we want to integrate all of the technology with existing systems. You know, it's just at the moment, very complicated because you don't have, you know, unified hospital and, and EMR systems. Every hospital uses a bit of a different one, but ultimately we will get there where there will be one system or, or something that you can very easily integrate with. And by that time, we will have the AIs. And already, you know, our AIs are available over API, but uh, yeah, we had to develop the app because it was the most convenient and, and simple way of actually bringing the technology to the 
to the end user, to the physician. Well, that's a pretty big vision for the future, I would say. Uh, and also, it seems that you have a lot of work cut out for you. Um, so you're only at the beginning, but uh, you seem very passionate about it. I have no uh, problem understanding why you actually uh, took home the the prize uh, at the UiPath Automation Awards. Uh, this is all the time we have. Martha, I want to thank you for your time. Uh, wish you all the best for the future. And again, say congratulations for winning the Automation Awards from UiPath. Thank you, Robin. Have a great day. And that's it for today's show. Thanks for listening. If you like our show, follow us today wherever you listen to podcasts. And if that place has a possibility to rate and review the show, please do that as well. Audio engineering for this podcast is done by SoundPulse. That's sound-pulse.com. Your questions, suggestions, and opinions are very welcome. Please send them to podcast at tech.eu and they will most certainly be ignored. <laughs>